This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, A child is born and a son is given, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. I only missed a little segment. You got to give me some credit. That was pretty good. We've walked through this series, The Names of Christmas, over the last several weeks. And we've made it to the point that I want to conclude and bring all this together with the idea that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. My whole life I've heard it said, and I've prayed and called him the Prince of Peace. But I think we need to kind of stop and break this down just a little bit. First of all, a prince is a son right? It's a son of a king or a monarch. We got to understand that Jesus is the offspring of peace. If you're taking notes, that would be the first thought. Jesus is the offspring of peace. He's the prince of peace. That means that Jesus, by being son of the father, is a prince. And if he's the prince of peace, that would tell me that the father himself is peace, right? You with me? So Jesus' name not only identifies who he is, but it identifies who God himself is by nature. Him being the prince of peace means that he is the son of the king, the king of peace, peace himself. Jesus is an offspring of peace. So what is peace? Well, the original Hebrew would be shalom. You've heard that term before. You've heard somebody say that. It's a greeting for Jew, the Jewish people. Shalom. Shalom means, and I love this, it is defined in, by, by peace, completeness, welfare, health, safeness, satisfaction, friend, or prosperity. You hear those words? Let me repeat them for you. Peace, completeness, welfare, health, safeness, satisfaction, friend, and prosperity. If there's anything in my life that I would say that I want, wouldn't it be those things? You with me? Come on, y'all ain't with me today. 2020 has been horrible. If there's anything I need out of my God through this season, it is completeness, it is safeness, it is welfare, it is a friend, it is prosperity, right? And Jesus being the prince of that means that Jesus is the prince or the offspring of completeness, of welfare, of health, of safeness, of satisfaction, and of prosperity. The God that I serve, the God that Jesus, that God sent down from heaven to earth is the offspring, the very offspring of welfare, safeness, completeness, and prosperity. That's an amazing thing. 
I think about a bloodline, and I've tried to process this, and I want to keep this brief and simple. There are traits that I have that are just like my dad. If you would put a beard on my face and turn his hair color just a little bit, and you look at a picture of when he was about 21 years old, I'm by no means 21 years old. You've got to make me a lot skinnier to be 21 years old. We're, we're very, look almost identical. And then you got McCaden, the rowdy rooster up here, who if you take a picture of me when I was four, it, it is very, very, very similar to what my boy looks like. Well, why does that happen? It happens because my bloodline, his papa's bloodline, runs all the way through and now is in his veins, right? He is an offspring of what we are, right? Some of those traits, not so good. Some of those traits, hopefully, Lord willing, will be overcome. Some of those traits, though, are awesome. There's things I see about my son that, that I recognize his humility. I recognize, and I just want to pray that maybe, Lord, somehow or another, I happen to be that way in some shape or form. I believe that he got some of those traits from me that are actually beneficial. Why? Because he is an offspring of who I am. He can't keep his rooster costume on the same way that I'm up here fumbling with microphones and everything else. And instead of owning, I make a joke about it. That's the only way I deal with it. Because he's an offspring of who I am. His identity is now found in, whether he likes it or not, his identity for the rest of his life will be an offspring of who he came from, right? Now, I'm just talking about my boy because my boy is going to continue to pass on that bloodline. He's going to continue to pass that on. Jesus, if we can put this in comparison, is the direct offspring of the Father. He's the direct offspring. If he is the Prince of Peace, that means that he himself, in his very nature, is the offspring of peace. He can't help but to be peace. He can't help but to be completeness. He can't help but to be welfare. He can't help but to be victorious. He can't help but to be a creator. The Father is the creator of all. He's the offspring of the Father. He's the offspring of peace. Second thought is Jesus said that he would give himself to us. He said he would give us peace. Maybe all this is common sense for you, but sometimes I need things explained a little differently. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, he's talking to his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. My peace I give to you. Well, where does the peace come from? It comes from the Father, right? Jesus is the offspring of peace. Therefore, he has possession of the peace to give us the peace. He said, not as the world gives do I give, but let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He makes it clear that he's going to give them peace. Do you agree? And if that isn't good enough for you, in John 16, he says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. This is awesome. In the world, you may have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. 
We got two different locations taking place. We have the world, which unfortunately we're required to live in, right? Some days I don't like it, but I have to live here, right? I've not figured out how to get to Mars yet. I'm here. In this world, you will have tribulation, but in me, we've got another location. In the world, I've got problems. In the world, I've got trials. In the world, I've got heartache. I've got death. I've got all this stuff. But in me, you have peace because I've overcome the world. So maybe all this makes perfect sense to you and you don't need it explained, but I did need it explained to me, so I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit explains stuff. I can live in the world where I have to live, but at the same time reside in him. And it don't matter what kind of junk I face in the world, what kind of tribulation, what kind of heartache, what kind of grief. It don't matter what kind of financial problem. It doesn't matter what kind of sickness. I don't care what it is. I can reside here because the bigger issue is I'm on this like almost like this um, high-rise apartment, if you will. I might, it might be planted on the world, but I'm lifted way up above it, and I got the penthouse suite where I'm residing in the Lord, and I'm residing in his peace, and he is well above every tribulation and every trial, every circumstance that I could ever face. He said, in the world, you're going to have problems, but I give you peace. He said, I give you peace. In him, we have peace. Because he gave us peace. Paul said it like this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. May the Lord of peace himself. That statement in itself is enough to explain this sermon. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. How does that happen? He said, I give you peace. His word says... Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you always. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 4, 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Where? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. It all gets repetitive, but the point is, when Jesus gave us peace, he gave us himself. But he, he says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be with you because in Christ Jesus we can have peace. Well, if I have peace in Christ Jesus, it means that Christ Jesus himself is peace. You with me? How can he do it? Well, he's the prince of peace. He's defined by peace. He's created by peace. But here's where it all comes back. We need the peace. Do you agree? I have peace all the time. At all times, as Paul said, because the Lord is with me always. And as long as he's always with me and I'm always with him, there's always peace. We walked through a horrible tragedy several weeks back, and we've talked about it some. Can I just tell you the only way that we make it through that kind of a tragedy 
is by the peace of God. It didn't mean the tragedy didn't happen. It didn't mean I didn't sit down in front of my counselor and say I'm messed up right now. But the only way healing takes place is because of his peace. I wasn't a lot, you know, I'm, be real, I, I told you a little bit, I couldn't pray. I was ticked off. Not at God, I just didn't want to talk to nobody. You know, even in that moment where I distanced myself and I pulled myself out of that relationship and that faithfulness with the Lord for just a little while, you know, even in that moment, he still was a pursuing father. And he was standing right there waiting, looking at the porch, waiting on me to come back and lay my burden down and tell him just how ticked off at the world I was in that moment. Life is different when we've got peace. He's our peace and we have peace because he's given himself to us. The whole purpose of his birth was his death. Can you imagine that? I mean, we think we got this whole long purpose of life and we have this, we, we do. Could you imagine our sole purpose Mitchell McLam, born on February the 19th, 1990. Your purpose is to die, son. Live out your life and die. But he did it so that we could have peace. And then it gets interesting because I want the peace and I want to consume and I want it and I want it and I want it and I need your peace and give me your peace and give me your peace. But then Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is teaching and he makes a statement, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Remember, Jesus is the offspring of peace. He's now given us peace. And now he says, blessed are the peacemakers. By their definition of peace, we realize that peace is God himself and the presence of Jesus in our life. Do you agree? Completeness, wholeness, wellness, safety, friend, prosperity. Peace is the presence of God reigning and residing in our life. And he can be the prince of that because he's the offspring of that. And now he's made this statement that's not so fun. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't make peace because he was peace. Right? I'm not by divine nature peace. I'm a fallen human being saved by grace. Right? Therefore, I can't be peace. I have to have peace. You with me? On my own, I'm nothing. On my own, I can't make it through those situations. I am not peace. I have to possess peace. Therefore, I can't just say, la, 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 I have peace no I've got to make peace it requires effort it requires some discipline it requires something on my part and understanding that he and his presence in my life is peace how do we make peace well thanks for asking We make peace by creating Jesus followers and sharing the presence of God that's in our life with them. I can't say, Kevin, you're saved. You're going to heaven. Peace is with you, son. It don't work like that. 
Lord have mercy if it did growing a church would be so easy the devil couldn't stop it if he had to but it's not that easy because Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers meaning we have to make something we have to create something we have to take our own strength and our ability and our own resources to make something that's not there right and we want to accept the peace. We want completeness and safety and welfare and prosperity. We need a friend. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. We want it. But so often we're not willing to be the peacemakers to give that back. He said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know how literal you read the Bible, but I read it pretty literal. So I'll tell you how I read it, then you read it how you want to read it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Inherit the kingdom of God, called sons of God, same thing. So I just want to, let's just toss the question out. If I'm not a peacemaker, does that mean I don't get the right to be called a son of God? We, we really fail to realize this is not a consumer game. Because if it's all about consumption, and it's all about Jesus, thank you for giving me peace to let me walk through life. But we never take the step back of the word in red, just meaning that Jesus said it, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. If we're never willing to do that, I just wonder, is the coin really flipped that if uh, blessed are the peacemakers, what about um, maybe cursed are the peace destroyers or blessed are, or cursed are the ones that won't create peace for somebody? I just wonder, I don't know. I read the word of God literally. And if we're blessed to be peacemakers and we are then entered into heaven and we're then called sons and daughters of God. I just wonder what the alternative is if we don't become a peacemaker. That's why Mitchell wears a mask. It has nothing to do with the virus. Could care less. I don't care that Dr. Cohen or Governor Cooper said it. It doesn't matter of my opinion of them. The point is, in this situation, in this season, I'm going to be a peacemaker. Not for the law. Not because they said so. But because the little lady that just lost her husband several weeks ago, when she looks at me, she's going to know I care enough to do what I at least think might make her feel better. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. James said it like this in James chapter 3, 18. Verse 18, he said, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap harvest of righteousness. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap harvests of righteousness. Because being a peacemaker isn't as easy as swirling a magic wand, right? I've never had a garden personally in my adult life. You know why? I don't like the work that good. To be honest, 
I don't even do good sometimes to keep the grass watered so it'll continue to grow and not die. But to be a peacemaker means that we actually have to sow peace. That means it gets planted. Then it means it gets watered. It means it gets tender. Weeds have to be plucked out and things have to be dealt with so that a harvest of righteousness can actually come. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Let's bring it home and finish it up. God gave us his son a piece of heaven to earth on the day that we celebrate his Christmas. An offspring of peace, the word becoming flesh. The prince of peace was born. Jesus gives him himself. He's always with us. He is peace. Through every tribulation of the world, I can remain in him and I can have peace. But then we have a responsibility to share that peace. I can't be selfish with the peace of God in my life. I'm not talking about the thing that makes me feel better. I'm not talking about, it's almost like if we could just somehow see this is Jesus, this is peace. And then because of who he is and what he is, life feels good. I've got completeness, I've got wholeness, and situations are easier. I'm not talking about all this Ripley stuff that makes us feel good. I'm talking about Jesus himself as peace. Our responsibility is to share the presence of God with other people. And when we don't do that, we miss the entire heart of Christmas. We miss the entire message and meaning. He's my wonderful counselor. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us to the end. Never leaving me, never forsaking me. Psalm 139 is still ringing so true. If I choose to hide in darkness, if I choose to put myself in a pit, he's still right there. And a wonderful counselor that's, that, that's never leaving me, but he wants me to heal. He wants me to be better. He wants me to, to love. He wants me to be able to be full. And an everlasting father, that father that's a giving father, that father that, that is a pursuing father, he's a, a patient father, a, that father that's compassionate, he's faithful. But he also wants to be our prince of peace. Not only for us, but so that we can share it. I want to pray for us. And then I just thought that it'd be fitting how we... I told you it's been a morning for us, for the worship team. Since we walked in, it's like the presence of God has been so heavy. And this song was playing a few minutes ago, and we got done with practice, and I said, I just want us to sing this over each other today. So we're going to sing a song in a minute. But I don't know what your life looks like in this situation, in this season. but I can tell you whether you want to tell me or not, you need peace. Not a feel good, feely good, things to be better. You need the presence of God in your life. In this world, tribulations are going to come, trials and situations, are, that doesn't go away. 
being a Christian only, in my opinion, only makes it worse. What I understand, the devil only attacks those that are intimidating him. So, I mean, I'm not going to paint it like it's a bed of roses and like it's all fine and dandy. But I'm just telling you, I can conquer a whole lot more in life with God Almighty that created the universe. He said, in me, I've overcome the world. I can face the world because I'm not residing in that frame of mind. I'm up in that penthouse suite way up on top looking down, and I'm, I'm remaining in him. His peace is with me. He is with me. So today, maybe you need the peace of God in your life. Maybe you've never accepted Christ before. Maybe you've accepted him and you've fallen off and you left him. I promise he didn't leave you. I talked about last week that he's standing on that front porch and he's waiting for that son, that daughter, to come home, to decide to make their way back. And the moment he gets a glimpse of you, he's pursuing you, he's chasing you, he's running after you. Or maybe you just have never accepted the peace of God in your life. Maybe you know Jesus, you think you got this relationship, you're doing things that you think are right, but you've not fully accepted his peace and who he really is and who he wants to be in your life. I'm telling you today, there's completeness, there's wholeness, there's welfare, there's prosperity. There is a friend in Jesus. There is wholeness in his very being because he is the offspring of that. And because he's the offspring of that, because he gives me that, I now possess that. Don't define who I am just yet, but I possess it. Or maybe we're just hoarding that today and it's time for us to be responsible and give that to somebody else. Would you pray with me, Father? I love you, Lord. God, I've done my best to deliver this word to the best of my ability, the way that you would have seen fit. God, I believe that you have a plan for today. I believe the way that we have battled warfare, the way that we've worshipped, the way we felt your presence, I believe the burden that were on our hearts yesterday for today, I believe you've got a plan. God, and I know that we've done everything we can to prepare a place today for you to move. And you're already doing that, God, but it's up to us to tap into who you are and to what you want for us. Father, I pray if there's those here today that don't know you, I pray that you would touch their heart right now. Let them know that you care. Let them know you're chasing after them. Let them know you're a God of compassion. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of grace. Maybe those that, that have this relationship with you, God, are, are realizing that you do give them peace, God, and maybe they're realizing that you give them that feel-good situation in, in times of trouble, in times of trial, God, but they need to understand it is the very nature of who you are because you are the Prince of Peace. Father, I pray that you would convict all of our hearts today to share that peace with other people. Lord, we all need a shaking. We all need a moving today to be better, to do more. If you're in the house today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have that relationship with peace, and you want it, God's moved in your, in your heart and your mind and you want that from him today. I want to ask you, no, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up right where you are? You don't know Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the peace that surpasses all understanding would guide our hearts and our lives. Father, that it would be a situation that we would recognize that you are guiding our life. Father, that you are leading us. Everything that we are, everything that we do is because of you. Father, let us accept the peace that is coming from you, the peace that you are as you give us peace. Your word just tells us, Father, we've heard it over and over in your word today. God, that you give us peace because you are peace and you're giving us yourself. Father, I pray that you would allow us to share that with other people. Let us have the responsibility in that, Lord, to share that peace. Father, I praise your name today and I worship you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.